0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater war I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to go back. I gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. God's will is that you overcome, not that you be overwhelmed and that you be defeated, that you be a victim. People sometimes try to twist it and say, well, you know, I, I got closer to God, you know, through, through my failure. Uh, well, uh, you could have gotten closer to God in victory too. Amen. Right? No, He's merciful and He helps restore us if there have been failures. But there is no failure in God. None. He, he is not a God of failure. He's a God of victory. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. And He has... And is all the answer in every situation. If you say, well, I, I just, I can't see that there's any way. Well, that's just something you can't see. Doesn't mean God can't see it. Doesn't mean it can't be done. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come into the class. We've saved you a seat here in the front. Turn everything else off and don't be, don't let yourself be distracted. And let's get answers today. There's an answer for what you need and what you're dealing with right now. And it's easy for the Lord to show it to you, and it's easy for Him to get you out. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for the things we're talking about, asking for the help, asking for the direction, asking for the answers. By your Spirit, by your anointing, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, please, in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, 1 Corinthians 10, we've been on the subject we're calling overcoming unbelief for a number of weeks now, and we're studying how uh, the Israelites that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, the New Testament keeps referring to it, uh, how that they, they failed to get God's will. They were robbed of what God wanted for them, and we're cautioned and warned in the New Testament, don't let this happen to you. We have an enemy. There is one that Jesus called the thief. You remember that, John 10, 10? He said, uh, uh, the thief doesn't come except to steal or kill or destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Now, isn't it something that a lot of church-going Christians—they had something stolen in their life, they had something destroyed in their life—and they blame God for it. Or they say, "Well, I just don't know why God did that, or, or why God let that happen." Well, do you believe Jesus? Do you believe what He said? Do you, do you accept His words? Yes. He said, "There's somebody else out there trying to hurt you, mm-hmm. not God, not Him, called the thief." Is God the thief? Yes. No, is Jesus the thief? Yes. Well, no, this is somebody else, right? To hear a lot of Christians talk, you would think there is no devil. You would think the enemy doesn't exist. They never talk about it. They, they act like it's, oh, that's, you're, just, you're getting off. That's weird stuff talking about the devil. Have you ever read this book? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said, the thief, doesn't come unless he's coming to hurt you. He's coming to steal something from you. That's what a thief does. He, he's coming to kill something in your life. He's coming to destroy something in your life. So if you were stolen from, tell me who did it. Come on. Yeah. Huh? God? No. The thief. Yes. God's not the thief. No. If you were stolen from, if something was killed in your life, who? The thief. Who? The thief. The thief. The thief. Something was destroyed in your life. Don't go blaming God. Jesus tells you. He said, but I am come. Oh, well, yeah, the thief comes, but that's not the main thing. Jesus has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I am come that you might have life. Amen. And you might have it more abundantly. The Amplified says that you might have and enjoy life. You might have it to the full until it overflows. Is that Jesus? Does that sound like yes. him? Yes. It is. Said out loud. God's will for me, will for me is, not from, is not being stolen from. Not being killed, not being killed and destroyed. Not being killed that's, and destroyed. Not that's not the will of God. That's the work of the thief. The of the thief. God's, will God's will for me is abundant life. Is abundant life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abundant life. Jesus said that's why he came. That's why he came, he said, I am come that you might have life, that you might have and enjoy life to the full until it overflows. That's a good God. Amen. Well, in 1 Corinthians 10, we're given insight and, and we're exhorted to observe the examples recorded in what we call the Old Testament. He said, chapter 10, verse 1 Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant of this. He says, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. That's the sea that God split. And they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual food and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. Now he's saying that everything that happened to them is a example and graphic portrayal of spiritual truth that affects us right now we uh, you don't want to neglect the what people call the old testament it's not just old that's a, that's a name men gave to it it's the word of god yes. it's eternal and the things that are recorded the journeys of god's people and what happened to them and and their victories, and even their failures. uh, They are accurate history, but they're more than that. They are, in so many cases, beautiful, amazing, graphic portrayals of redemption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pictures that you can understand spiritual truths by something you see. Something that happened naturally. And that's what he's saying. He's saying all that happened to them, it's portraying redemption. He goes on to say in verse 4, they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed, or the margin says accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Everybody say it out loud. That rock, that rock was Christ. Was Christ. Now, go back with me to uh, Numbers, the 20th chapter, and you'll see one of the specific places of the rock that he's talking about. In uh, Numbers 20, verse 1, the children of Israel came to the desert of Zin. Miriam died and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people chode with Moses. And they said, would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Unbelief talks about death. And and does not realize that it's the enemy influencing. The the enemy... uh, he actually has been defeated, but at one time he had the literal power of death, but Jesus has defeated him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But everything about him is death, and you'll find in the world life is not popular. Death culture is popular. And, you know, people uh, wanting, you know, you see, uh, I like motorcycles and, and uh, uh, racing components, and that kind of thing. But so much of the stuff, I maybe sometimes see a shirt that I like, a motorcycle shirt. And then I turn it around, turn it around and it's got a skull on the back. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? There is something wrong with that. Hmm? Why skull and crossbones? Huh? Why death? Mm-hmm. See, you never see my skull with me alive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never see yours. <laughs> We're not supposed to see it. <laughs> How many glad you're not seeing it? Yeah. 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 So the only way you're going to see a bear's skull is something that's dead. And the popular music and the popular uh, jargon and, 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 and even, you know, cursing and all that kind of stuff, you'll find it's just interspersed with death. Death, 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 death. Even people joking with each other. You know, I laughed till I thought I would die. Scared me to life.
1: Why not?
0: Right? Why, why not, you know? Laugh till I thought I would live. <laughs> Why isn't that popular? Because Satan is the God of this world. Second Corinthians four, four. And so he is always looking and see, he knows how dumb most people are. He does. And so he's looking to just slip in a little death in their mouth, and ha, 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 make a joke out of it, we're all going to die, ha, 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 dying, and not realizing that it's planting a seed, it's planting a spiritual seed, and then when pressure comes on you, spiritual and otherwise, the most natural thing for you to say is, we're going to die, where would that come from? Why just exclaim, I'm going to die? Isn't that what happened here? And, and if you've been studying with us in this series, this is not the first time. This is not the fifth time. Every time they ran up against it, this is like the first or second thing they say. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Why say that? Because there's spiritual pressure for you to say it. It'll be pushed towards you. And pushed on you. And if you are enlightened. You will realize I must not say that. I must not. If I catch myself starting to say it. I need to bite my lip. And go hush. No. What's going to happen? Faith even calls those things that be not. As though they were. Right? And the scripture said. Let the weak say. Not I'm not going to make it. Not even exclaiming about how weak I feel. Let the weak say, I am strong. Instead of just using your words to try to communicate how you feel, which unbelievers do that. God uses his words to create. Not just to communicate, but to create and to change things. And he tells us, be imitators of God. As dear children, right? Amen. What does that mean? Don't just use your words to communicate how you feel. And especially if you feel bad, you don't want to reinforce that, right? <laughs> you want to change what's going on. Use your words. Everybody say that out loud. Use your, use, words. Your words. use your words. Use your words to change things. Amen. Speak life, yes. life, not death. Speak life. Don't do what they did. We're all going to die. Wish, wish we were dead. That's not true. If they really wish they were dead, they'd be rejoicing because they're about to die. They've got no water. They're all going to starve. But they're upset about it. They don't want to die. No. Uh, why have you brought up this congregation of the Lord to the wilderness that we and our cattle should die here? See, death, 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 death. It's so pervasive in this world that you won 't notice it if you've just grown up around it, but start looking for death uh emblems of death, graphics of death, death language um you know it 's in songs you know i I thought I would die you know <laughs> uh or i'm I die when I do this or you know uh that's not okay. People go, oh, it's just a little song. No, the devil's playing you. Right? right. He, he, he's counting on you being dumb. And he wants to get it in your mouth. Because if he can get you talking death out of your mouth, it gives him and his cohorts uh, access to manifest death. Can you see that? Yes. And that's why God, he, Jesus is called the apostle and high priest of our confession. Yes. If we'll say what he told us to say, he has a right to manifest his word in our life. Right. Does it make any difference what you say? Yes. The Bible said death and life yes. is in the power of the tongue. Yes. Is that true or not? Yes. Most people don't believe it, but it's scripture. It's what he said. So don't talk death, no matter how much pressure comes against you. don't. And so that includes Death of your business, death of your church, death of your relationship, right? Death of your finances. Don't talk death. Somebody said, yeah, but I think it's already dead. Hey, we know somebody that can raise the dead. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) but it won't happen with you poor mouthing and talking death all the time. No, he said uh, Moses and Aaron then when they heard all that. They went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And they're looking for the answer. They're looking for what to do. They're out here in the desert, two million people, thousands of animals, you know, cows and sheep, camels and goats. They need a bunch of water just to make it through a day. And they got none, none. And no prospect of how to get any. Uh, Later in this chapter, you see, they asked another country, could they go through their borders? And they said no. So they really feel like they're, you know, with no answers. But with God, there's always an answer, right? And he knows a way you never thought about. And so they fall on their face and, and the Lord, the glory of the Lord appeared. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Take the rod and gather the assembly together, you and Aaron your brother. Notice here it mentions that he's his brother. Uh, and I think that's an interesting note because sometimes they just say Aaron. But here it says your brother because his sister, you know, just died. And actually for the chapters over, his brother is going to die. And so he says... Uh, Take Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it'll give forth his water. Now, what did we just get through reading in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10? They all ate of the same spiritual food. Well, that was manna that came down out of the sky. Now, if you go to John 6, Jesus said, I am the bread. Is that right? It came down from heaven. So them eating manna is a type and a graphic picture of Jesus coming down from heaven and satisfying the hunger, Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, of the world that nothing else can satisfy. Yes. But then also it said they all drank of that same rock and um, that rock that followed them or was with them was Christ. Did you see that? Look at it again, First Corinthians ten. I want you to make sure this registers on you. First Corinthians ten, uh, three. They did all eat the same spiritual food, that's manna. Verse four. They did all drink the same spiritual drink, that's water. And they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. Or the margin says went with them, and that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody say, that rock rock was was Christ. There's a whole study you can do on the rock. It's mentioned numerous times throughout the Word of God, numerous times in the Psalms, that God is our rock. And it Uh, The picture is not of a pebble, (laughs) but of a cliff-sized granite and something that can't be moved. Hallelujah. Something you can get under the shade of. Something you can hide in the cleft of the rock when the storm's raging and be safe and dry. Something that cannot be broken and shattered and done away with and fail. Everybody say, God God is my rock. My rock. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, here it says Christ was that rock. What rock? The rock that went with them and the rock they drank of. Don't you find that interesting? Go with me to uh, Numbers 20 again. Let's keep reading. So when they have no water, everybody say no water. No water. Are you in a bad way when you got no water yes. in the desert? No prospect of getting any. You can't make it that long with, without water. You, you'll perish. And so they, they're hollering, they're all going to die. And, and Moses and Aaron, they, don't, they can't fix it. They fall down before God and ask him what to do. And he tells them. He says, verse 8, Take your rod, gather the assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes. Everybody say, speak. Speak. To the rock. To the rock. And you will bring forth to them water out of the rock. So you shall give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. So far. Pretty good. <laughs> but then he said to them. Hear now. You rebels. Does that sound right? To you? Uh-uh. Must we. Fetch you water out of this rock? Does that sound right to you? Uh uh-uh. That's because it's not. It's not. Moses, our beloved leader, our champion, is messing up. He is missing it. And uh, this, we'll see later, uh, caused him and Aaron to be disqualified from going into the promised land. And Sometimes people read that and they go, well, man, that seems harsh. I mean, Moses did so good for so long and he makes one little mistake and. Then he can't go in. This is not one little mistake. This is not. Later in the chapter, the Lord says, you rebelled against my word. This is not, oops, got the instructions wrong. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Moses and Aaron knew what they were doing. And here's the thing. Why is the, all these two million people why are they not going into the promised land? Unbelief is that right? Yes, yes. big part of that unbelief rebellion yes. right Disobedience so if if Moses and Aaron's doing the same thing they're doing, they get to go in anyway. No. See this is that wouldn't be right. that wouldn't be fair. and what you see and, and why are we studying this? Is the New Testament telling us, warning us, don't do this? Don't let this happen to you. Where did they go wrong? Well, Moses and Aaron, they got weary. And the, um, the anger and the defiance and the unbelief and the rebellion that they were surrounded with night and day, month after month after month, infected them, and they judged the people for being rebellious. Did you hear his language? Mm-hmm. Hear now, you rebels. Is he judging them? Yeah. yeah. Were they rebels? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but is it your place to judge them? No. Because what's the problem with judging? If you judge, you're going to get judged. Hmm? And Romans 2 says, he that judges does the same thing. And he's judging them for being rebels. As he's doing that, what's he doing? He's rebelling against what God told... He knows what God told him to do. And he's purposely ignoring it and doing something else. Is there a lesson here for us, class? Oh, oh, oh. You will be tempted to judge... Hmm. I don't even ask. I'm not asking for any hands raised. (laughs) Uh, All you got to do to judge is just act like you feel and do what other people are doing. Um, One of the things that you will see on news and media and talk shows nowadays, it is just continuous judging, Mm -hmm. fault finding, and judging. And judging and judging. Tell me the problem about judging, class. Tell me the problem. If you judge, you will be judged. Which means if you get judged, you didn't get mercy. Well, if you want mercy, what do you got to do? You got to sow mercy. Which means you don't judge. Which means even though something is obviously, glaringly wrong, you don't go, yeah, I'd never do that. No, you hush, hush. <laughs> do you want to make it through this? <laughs> no, you go, hey, I don't know them. I don't know the circumstances, right? And uh, I've made mistakes myself, right? Have some honesty. Show some humility. Sow some mercy. Pray for them. Say, I-, I hope they come out of it. I hope they get through, right? Sow some mercy. Then when you need mercy, you won't get judged, You'll get mercy. But on this day, Moses was mad. His sister just died. They're blaming him for everything for the nth time. And the the psalmist said, He spoke unadvisedly. (laughs) That's a polite way to say it (laughs) with his lips. And it went ill with him because of this. Everybody said out loud "Lord." Lord, set a watch at the door of my mouth and alert me unless I speak wrongly and judgingly and foolishly and I'll stop and I'll repent and watch my words and sow mercy that I may reap mercy by your grace. Amen in Jesus' name. Well, our time's up again today, but how many know the Lord will help us with that? You know it's his will. You know he will. Well, there's a lot more to see. We're not even through reading the passage, so come back tomorrow and let's move further in faith here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.